Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. First of all, it's hard to believe that we are one day away from Christmas. It's always nuts when you look at the calendar and you start looking at Christmas, and Christmas always seems so far away until it's right there, right at us, right? Um, Also, um, special day is uh, just on both campuses, Gainesville, Oakwood. Um, We are having family-friendly services, so our kids, y'all get to worship with us this morning. So glad to have y'all with us. I hope you have an activity uh, pack uh, that was uh, given to you on the way in. On that activity pack, there's a scavenger hunt in there. And if you're an adult and you didn't get a scavenger hunt, you can just be jealous of kids right now. Um, But here's here's what you can do with a scavenger hunt. You can take the crayons out that came in the packet. If you hear me mention or hear me say one of the words that is on that scavenger hunt, color that in, and then you can bring that to me out in the lobby when you leave, and I'll give you uh, some Reese's trees. Deal? All right. So, deal, parents? Uh, you're like, no, don't give them Reese's trees. Um, dads are okay with Reese's trees. But um, anyway, when you think of Christmas, uh, a lot of times we think of, uh, we, we think of our favorite candy, uh, uh, favorite treats, favorite things to eat, and at the, at the front of that list are Reese's trees, um, so I do want to uh, go ahead and throw some out. Um, so, but then also, when you think of uh, when you think of Christmas, you also think of uh, of candy canes, right? So you have like the typical peppermint candy canes. I like those; those are fine. Uh, uh, then you have the the Jolly Rancher candy canes. Sound like a candy cane connoisseur up here? Uh, but I like these. These are some of my favorite. Uh, these are Kool Aid candy canes. So, uh, hope they don't hit anybody. And then, who wants a whole pack of candy canes? Raise your hand. All right. That pack of candy canes, that's actually hot dog flavored candy canes. So, uh, down, down at Oakwood, uh, Brian he has some candy canes that he's passing out down there, throwing out. Uh, hope nobody gets hit in Oakwood. Uh, I think, Brian, you have uh, pickle-flavored candy canes, and you have, also have brisket-flavored candy canes. Um, and some of us were sitting there going, uh, pickle, not so much. Brisket, I'm kind of curious, right? Um, but in all seriousness, uh, we are so glad that you chose to be here with us, whether here is Gainesville, Oakwood, or online. Uh, whether you got candy canes or Reese's tree or whether you're just sitting here curious about what a hot dog flavored candy cane must taste like, um, we're just glad that you're here with us. And I want to kind of bring you up to speed. Uh, we've been in a series called Christmas at Riverbend, and here's the lesson that God's been teaching us throughout this entire month. And we're going to be closing it out next week as well. But this is the main lesson that God's been teaching us throughout this entire month is at our core, there are needs that only Jesus can fill. At our core, there are needs that only Jesus can fill. And this is, this is what I mean. Is I think if you were really to boil it down, no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what we're really all chasing after, aiming after, and pursuing can fall into one of four categories. It can fall in the category of hope. It can fall in the category of peace or joy or love. At our core... We all do what we do. We all are in a pursuit. Our our, our soul craves at our core level. 
There are things that we're really chasing after, looking for, whether it's money, whether it's relationship, whether it's a status, whatever it may be. We think that if we attain those things, then finally it's going to bring us hope or peace or joy or love. And this is what we're saying, is there are some things at our core, there are some needs that only Jesus can fill. And this is what we mean by that, is we believe, we honestly and truly believe that only Jesus can bring pure and lasting hope and pure and lasting joy and pure and lasting peace and pure and lasting love. As a matter of fact, the reason that we celebrate this season, the reason that we celebrate Christmas is because we look at Jesus, we stand in awe of Jesus who came to bring us what can, what, what can only come through him. And that's hope and joy and peace and love. And over the last several weeks, we've talked about hope and peace and joy. And this morning, I can't think of a better time and a better day on Christmas Eve to talk about God's love for us and what that means. But before we dive into that, let me kind of give you a working definition. If you, if you want to take notes with us, this is a definition of love I want to give you. It's being unconditionally treasured and valued by God. Being unconditionally treasured and valued by God. That means that there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing that you can do to make God love you less. There's nothing that you can do to make God value you or treasure you more or value you or treasure you less. It's completely unconditional. And I think the best way that we can wrap our minds around love is if, you, if you're a parent and, 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 you have, and you have kids. I, I remember uh, we, we have three kids. Um, I, I remember when, when, we, when we had Landon, our oldest one, who for 15 minutes was Logan, and the nurse kept calling him Landon. And we're like, oh, we kind of like that better. Um, let's change it to Landon. True story. And I remember the nurse, like, her, her, her wrapping Landon, maybe it was Logan at the time, I'm not really sure, but wrapping this baby up and handing him to me. And immediately I thought, this is really irresponsible of you as a medical professional putting a baby in my hands. I'm so afraid that I'm going to break him. But I also remember this just overwhelming sense of love coming over me for him. And the same thing happened with Jax, and the same thing happened with Sadie. And if you're a parent, you, you can go back to that, right? And, and never once did I look at Logan slash Landon and go, listen, baby, if you behave, I'll love you. Or, you know what, um, if, you, if you will sleep all night long, I will love you. I might like you more. If you will sleep all night long, I'll, I'll love you. I never said that. I never thought that. Or, hey, as long as you don't make a lot of messes that I have to clean up, I'll love you. No, why? Because my love for my kids is not based on anything that they do or they don't do. It's based on who they are to me. And the same thing's true for you and I and God's love for us. Is it's not based on anything that you do or you don't do. It's actually based on who we are to Him. And this, uh, this morning, this Christmas, I want to show you a very, a very well-known text of Scripture in the Bible that's going to show us clearly about how God demonstrates His love for us. 
If you have a Bible with you, we're going to be in the book of Luke. The book of Luke is in the New Testament. It's about the third book over after that page that just says New Testament. Um, Or you can look it up in the table of contents. For me, I'm on page 872. I don't know if that helps anybody out there. But Luke chapter 2, and this is the coming, this is the birth story of Jesus. And through the story, through these seven verses, I want to show you how God demonstrates His love for you and for me so much during this time. Because can I be honest with you? A lot of times what we need in the midst of our chaos and what we need in the midst of a lot of complexity and a lot of hurriedness and busyness is just to be reminded, you know what? There is a God who loves me. And it doesn't mean that everything around us goes away or diminishes it. What it does do is it begins to put it in proper perspective. And when it begins to put it in proper perspective, when we start to understand that I am unconditionally treasured and valued by God, then I can be flooded with the hope and the joy and the peace that can only come through Jesus. So in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, this is what it says. It says, At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. We talked several weeks ago how every five years the Roman Empire would take account of its citizens for tax purposes. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had gone to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. I want to give you, in in just a brief amount of time this morning, I want to give you three evidences or three truths, three encouraging truths of how God loves you this morning and how we can respond to that love. Again, if you're taking notes with us, here's the first one is we need to understand that God sent His best into our worst. God sent His best into our worst. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought that if Jesus were to come into the most decorated, largest, beautiful, richest palace on earth, it would be a far, far step down from heaven? And yet He didn't even come into that environment. He was born in a stable. Some scholars may say a cave. I don't want to mess up anybody's nativity. But he was born where, uh, in a place to where animals eat and sleep. As a matter of fact, I can't think of a worse place for a baby to be born. You see, there were no doctors. There were no nurses. There wasn't a comfortable bed for Mary. They were just animals. Like I said, it was a place for animals to sleep and animals to to, to eat. And that's that's where Jesus, the Son of God, entered into the world. Now, here's a question I want to throw out there to you. Why? Of all the places He could have been born, why did God choose for His Son to be born in such a lowly place? You see, I believe that God chose for Jesus to be born where He was born to demonstrate to us that there's no, one too, uh, there's no one too big for Jesus, there's no one too low for Jesus, that He brought Jesus, He brought Jesus very much, He brought His best very much 
into our worst. He sent his best into our worst. You know, God sending his best into our worst, that also means that there's nothing that you have to do and there's nothing that I have to do to clean ourselves up to come to Jesus. I don't know everybody in the room. I don't know everybody at Oakwood. Don't know everybody online. Don't know your backdrop. Don't know your backstory. Don't even know everything that went into you being here with us this morning. But here's what I would bet. I would guess that there's probably some of us that we feel a little awkward when it comes to coming to church because we feel like we have to like clean ourselves up. We feel like we have to get our act together. We, we look around a room and we think that everybody has their act together. We're the only ones that don't. And can I tell you this? One of the beauties about Riverbend, Gainesville and Oakwood, one of the beauties about Riverbend is we all look at one another with compassion, not judgment, because we're all in the same boat. Because we understand that God's love for us is not based on anything that we do or that we don't do. That there's nothing that I can do to make God love me more. There's nothing that I can do to make God love me less. And there's nothing that I can do to clean myself up to come to Jesus. Jesus actually came in the midst of my mess. Again, I don't know your story, don't know your backdrop, don't know the chaos and the complexity that you're about to step back into. But here's what I would tell you. God sending Jesus into our worst, again, is a demonstration that, he's, that God still specializes in doing His finest miracles in the midst of our, in, in the midst of our worst messes. Let me say that again as a word of encouragement to you. God still specializes in doing some of His finest miracles in the midst of our messes. God loved you so much that He sent His best into our worst. Second thing that we need to understand, second truth, is God loves us so much that He sent His best so that we can experience His best. God sent His best so that we can experience our best. God didn't send Jesus into the world to give us a cute Christmas story or a uh, cute story around Christmas time. He actually sent Jesus into the world so that we can have new and eternal life. One of the most popular and well-known verses in all the Bible, you may have seen it at football games before, is John chapter 3.16. I want to show you John chapter 3.16 and 17 because it encapsulates the heart of the Christmas story. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that anyone or everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You see this baby, Jesus, that was told he was prophesied ahead of time. An angel, Gabriel, came to Mary and told her, you're going to give birth to a baby through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus. And an angel appeared to Joseph and, and affirmed the message that was given to Mary. This baby Jesus actually grew up teaching people about God and how they can love God. This, this baby Jesus, he grew up performing many miracles that pointed people to God. And this baby Jesus grew up to where he lived life completely devoid of any sin. He did not sin. And He ultimately became our sacrifice to make a way for us to have a relationship with God. You see, this is the whole point of Christmas. Christmas is not about gathering religious informa information. 
It's about accepting a personal invitation. Here's what I mean by that. Did you know that the Bible is very clear that our greatest issue, and listen, we all got issues, whether they're financial, relational, parental, vocational, whatever, personal, physical, we've all got issues, but our greatest issue is a sin issue. Now, what is sin? Sin is doing or doing something or thinking about something that, that God says that I shouldn't. But it's also not doing something that God says that I should. Either way, we're all sinners. Either way, we're all in the same boat. And here's what I would tell you, church. Whether you call Riverbend home or this is your first time at Riverbend, you need to know that we love you, but there's a God that loves you. But listen, if your greatest issue is a sin issue, then your greatest need is a Savior. So this baby Jesus, this Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas, goes on to give His life as a sacrifice on a cross for us. And He offers us this exchange. My sin for His sinlessness. My mess-upness for His holiness. My dead spiritual life for new and eternal life. Let me go back to verse 16. He, God, gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Here's what I want to get you to do, church. This word, everyone... Replace it with your name. You see, that's the message of Christmas. We celebrate the coming of a Savior because that Savior becomes a sacrifice for us. It's not about religious information. It's about a personal invitation. Here's the last thing I want to touch on this morning. Please understand this. God made the first move. You don't have to do anything to impress God. None of us possibly could. God made the first move. Can I ask you a question for reflection? And I don't mean to sound trite, and I don't mean to sound like I'm minimizing anything that may be going on in anyone's life. Here's just a question I want you to grapple with and wrestle with. What more do you think that God can do to prove that He loves you? I get it. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've been scarred. You've been knocked down. And that's by other people. But not by God. You see, we believe that God wants you to experience His peace and His hope and His joy and His love. Again, not information. An invitation. Pastor Jim down at, down at Oakwood, however the Holy Spirit is, is, is prompting you to lead, go ahead and, and, and lead our group, lead our people down at Oakwood. Love y'all. Merry Christmas to y'all. And can't wait to hear every, about everything that God is doing in and through y'all. Gainesville, Gainesville and online. 
Information, invitation, not information. Here's what that means. That means in just a moment, I want to pray over us. And then we're going we're gonna to stand our band. They're going to come back and we're, we're just going to be able to sing praises to God again. Here's, here's my invitation to you. If you would take that Connect card out that you received on your way in. And if there's anything that we can help you with, if there's anything, if you say, Ben, listen, I have been running from God. I've been trying to impress God and I can't do it anymore. And if you're telling me that God sent Jesus into the world for me to show me that I can be in relationship with Him. I want to find out more about that. There's a box that you can check on that card. If you want to flip that card over on the back and you want to jot down some notes, in just a moment our ushers are going to uh, come by and they'll collect those cards. But we want to help you in your relationship with Jesus. And we want to make this Christmas the most powerful, impactful Christmas that is defined by hope, joy, peace, and love. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word, and God, we thank you for the fact that you love us so much, unconditionally. God, we are highly treasured and infinitely valued by you. God, I pray that if there's anything that's going on within us, God, that we would be bold enough just to jot down a couple notes. God, maybe even stay after and talk with one of our pastors. But God, we thank you for every single person that you bring here. And God, help us to understand that you are not finished with any of us yet. No matter who we are, what we've done, where we've come from, we are unconditionally treasured and infinitely valued by you. So God, as we're about to stand and sing, God, I pray that the words off of our lips will begin to sink into our minds and sink into our hearts to where we're simply enveloped in your presence and in your love this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church Podcast learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect, you can head over to our website, riverbendchurch.life.